0: Bracken and Bell together.
1: There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now this will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen.
0: Cooper puts it in with.
1: Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. Uh, still a bit uh, emotionally battered and bruised from Sunday, but uh, we'll be alright. And indeed, we'll get through it together, because here to provide a little group therapy to the Red Army is, first of all, the always emotionally available Martin Clunas. Uh Martin, have you recovered from, not the defeat, but the fact that the horn was shot on Sunday morning?
2: Um, I'm really, I'm really not over. It. I, no, I'm going to have to learn to start checking Facebook in the morning. I, I didn't know that they were on their, um, their their January holidays. Apparently, this is an annual thing. Someone told me as well. So um, yeah, we no can't ever sub-
1: let the League Cup semi-finals be at this time of year again. That's clearly that's, exa- the issue.
2: that's exactly what I was going to say. I'll be right into the SFA. Uh,
1: that would be no use. It's obviously an SPFL competition, you, Martin. You know uh, what I
2: meant. But... <laughs>
1: Uh, I've got my pedantry in early this week, uh, but then because of the strength in number two, two. Two fantastic guests. Uh, great to have John Callan back with us. Uh, John, what was your coping strategy on Sunday night? Was it uh, more rom com and a tub of ice cream, or ten pints and limitless self-loving? <laughs>
0: it was uh, one pint, no rom com, uh, no. Um, too busy living it, uh, so no, it was. Uh, it was uh, remarkably restrained compared to what it would have been like ten years ago, I guess. <laughs>
1: And then bringing us nothing but cold hard truths, it's Simon Cato. Uh Simon, how long does it usually take you to shake off a bad defeat, and what's the worst that you can remember? Uh,
3: the the worst one I can remember was the uh, 1992 was it League Cup final when Gary Smith scored an own goal at the end. Uh, that was the worst one. That was really 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 painful.
1: Oh um, really? I- because in in my sealed envelope I had ibrox '91. Uh, so.
3: I think I, the ninety-two one was worse because I was expecting to win and I thought we were going to win when the game was on. Whereas the the nineteen ninety-one league defeat was a slow burn of a disaster for the whole day. So,
1: yep, fair enough. Uh, yeah, ninety-two was definitely in my mind uh, during the game on on Sunday how it panned out. Um, so I guess on then to Sunday's unpleasantness. Um, first of all, it's an unchanged lineup, John. It it seems that uh, the manager has settled on his favored formation uh, fav- favored personnel rather in the one formation and has probably made some fairly concrete looking decisions over some of the more recent signings
0: yeah it feels like um when it comes to playing the old firm this season there's been a lot of trial and error uh, some some fairly wild kind of trial and error from uh, you know coming out swinging at Ibrox and uh, looking very open and vulnerable at the back to the uh, performance against Celtic at Patondre, which was uh, quite the opposite, uh, and yet still contriving to lose. So this this does seem like uh, aside from you know being the, the four at the back, being the the formation that Goodwin initially pinpointed as being his preference. Uh, this does seem to offer a bit of a compromise between uh, between the, between those two extremes. So uh, I, I I guess there's there is some comfort in in, in that in in the, in the way that it seems to. Give us enough going forwards and enough of uh, enough of a platform to, to build and, and create chances, but uh, while still looking reasonably solid at the back.
1: The losers, Simon, uh, from this uh, recent uh, reversion, I suppose, to the four two three one, seem to have been Jaden Richardson in particular. He spent a lot of that early part of the season playing in a back four, at right back, and it's been very limited signing uh, sightings for summer signings. Um, Shaden Morris as well, and uh, Vicente Biswain, who wasn't summer, obviously, as people will point out, but recent signings. Um, all three of them, uh, they're still young, they're still on very long-term contracts, and we paid a good amount of money for all three of them. Uh, There's surely still a way back for them.
3: Well, uh, uh, to start with, I think we can all agree that signing Shinny was a... Uh... Uh, essential move, you know, probably as good a signing as we could conceivably have made. And that will reduce opportunities for others in the team, there's no question of that. So, uh, Connor Barron is imme- is immediately one who will suffer a little bit from that as well. But, um, so I I don't think any of us would argue that that was doing the wrong thing. And I think probably having Shinny and Ramadani as the two in, in midfield, uh, m- many of us were shouting for McCrory to be in that role before we got Shinny. So that seems to me to be, you know, entirely sensible. As far as your question about those two are concerned, I mean, you asking us a way back for, for Morris. Morris hasn't ever been there in the first place to to, to come back. Um, uh, That, that to me, is a perfect example of the imbalance of the signings that we made. And I have no idea if it was, you know, there was various quotes of 300 or, or 350 or even 400 that that we paid for, for Morris. But to my mind, we could have bought a decent centre-back for that and had a much better balance in the squad. And... Signing Morris when we already had uh, Bissauin who can't get a game. We've got Ryan Duncan uh, coming through. There was Kennedy as well. So many players' competition for that space. I Morris wasn't in the eighteen. I see that um, Mislavich got into the squad ahead of him. Presumably had only barely just met the rest of the squad. I would think that if I was Morris, I'd be looking to try and get on loan somewhere in England to get some game time. Because I can't see unless we have a serious run of injuries and we. We may have one at the moment, but unless there is a big run of injuries, I can't see how he's ever going to get a game. And I I regard that as a pretty much a pointless signing. Um, The other two I've got a bit more hope for. um, Vinny is a good player. He's inconsistent. And there are, I think, in my mind at least, some question marks over his his attitude. That may be unfair, but I I think... um, you know, I, I, the 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 episode at at um, Christmas time where he was allowed to go back to to Holland rather than take part in some important fixtures that seemed a bit of a strange one to me as well. However, good assist for the goal for Duke against St. Johnston. and he does have you know in in, in a tricky game with against a packed defence, he does have skill to to unlock. So he to me is one where if we need a big squad, you know, Duke looks like he's potentially injured. Um, he also looks like. He can't really last 90 minutes, to, to, to be honest, uh, for all the positives about him. So I think there is an opportunity for Bissau to get a game, but he's really going to have to grab his chance. Um, Richardson, uh, I, I am more positive about Richardson than quite a number of other Aberdeen fans. And I think, you know, maybe have mentioned before that I was at the away game at, at Livingston where Richardson got terrible abuse from some of the fans there. He is a very athletic um, specimen. He's got a lot of pace. Um, I think he needs some coaching. He lacks finesse. I think defensively he can be a bit suspect. But I think again there's an opportunity for him. Uh, you know when we go on to talk about the game, I, I think he would have been a sensible substitution for us when we were down to to ten men, but we didn't we didn't take up. So I think Richardson will get another another chance, and I think Vinny will get another chance. I think Morris uh, should probably cut his losses, or we should cut our losses on him, and he should cut his losses on us.
1: Martin, we've had we did the kind of build up podcast and. Graham Shinney, when he was announced is returning. I, I think it's fair to say it was a successful first game back certainly against against St Johnston um reminded us of what we'd been missing really in that uh, in that midfield role. I think he gave the sort of performance that other people have been telling me that uh, Ramadani have, has been displaying this season, which has not really been the case um It felt like the team had an actual heartbeat. For the first time this season, rather than just a collection of individuals, it felt like Shinny was. Uh, there was a wonderful phrase. Um, I don't know whether it was uh, Ten Hag himself who used it about Casemiro for Man United, the the cement between the bricks. And I feel that Graham Shinny is that for for this Aberdeen team, or, or can become that for this Aberdeen team.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really a really good way to describe it. I mean, you know, Simon obviously was talking about someone like um, someone like Richardson there. Um, Richardson is a young player who needs experienced heads around him. Um, now he's not going to be standing next to Graham Shinney because Graham Shinney is not going to be going to, not going to be playing in the centre defence. But he's a type of guy who you have in the team can help bring on you know younger players. So whether that whether that means you know if you know if if he's on the pitch at the same time as Connor Barron or Ryan Duncan or Richardson or you know. Even even someone like Bizarre when you know it's like you know he's he is still still you know, relatively young so, um, he, I get you know, a couple a couple of games he's been back for, um you know he's been he's been tidy he's been impressive you know he, he does everything that we've seen we know he can do, um and he's he's, he's he, as as the, the guy said there he's exactly the exactly the type of signing we needed to make it was an, an impressive guy to bring in who is. We're going to come on to the captain later, but the guy who a guy who is a leader on the pitch, who, you know, can will will organise, will will rally the troops, will moan at the ref when you need somebody to moan at the ref. Does just does does all the right things. And you know, I was I was really impressed with him at points on, on Sunday. Um, I think it's you know it's been excellent getting him back. Um, whether we're gonna be able to get him back permanently is obviously another issue, but we can worry about that in the summer. Um, I'm sure that you know the club will be club will hopefully be looking into that. Um, you can see the treatment that Shinny got from the fans, absolutely beloved. Um, they can see what everybody can see what he brings to the team.
1: Yeah, we'll start the GoFundMe page now, I suppose, to to get him back in in the summer. Um, the game on Sunday, as it unfolded, it looked like it was going to be quite an unpleasant afternoon early on. John, those first ten minutes, barely got a kick of the ball, but we did settle down. And I thought the uh, the shape, the way in which the game plan played out during that first half on Saturday, it worked almost to perfection.
0: Yeah, they, they they did seem to settle down quite quickly after what what appeared to be quite a nervy start. The 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 chance that that came off the post from the corner early early on was. Uh... It felt like a worrying a worrying, uh, a worrying uh, omen but uh, yeah no they, they, they seem to uh, settle in the game quite well and, and having uh, miovsky is that kind of out ball I don't know I don't know what it is whenever you're at hand and the pitch always looks massive I don't know if it's because you're so far away from it or if it is actually uh, if they if it actually feels like that when they're playing on it but um it felt like he was exploiting the space really well and um it looked like it was there were going to be openings in that game uh and uh the, so it kind of proved you know you always you always think when you're you're playing in these big games against teams uh like the old firm that uh you, you're only going to get a finite amount of chances and you've got to take them when uh when they come but but the, the way that um the way that we settled into the game seemed to suggest that that, that we would get chances and uh I think uh, you know that's partly down to the shape as well, but um, I, I think uh, the the players seem to seem to react well to uh, to the initial start. And you know Miowski didn't look like a guy who was struggling for form. He looked he looked lively. He was taking shots. You know the the, the kind of snapshot he had in his left foot um, from a narrow angle. You know it looked like he looked like a guy who was buzzing and and, and ready to get in the score sheet.
1: Simon, so, mean, there were two very distinct and very definite threats that we posed as well. You had um, Miofsky playing on the shoulder, trying to um, break the offside trap. All he needed to do was break that once, as it transpired, and that's what you know what happened to put us ahead. But I thought um, Luis Lopez did did well um, as someone who just gave us that X factor, could carry the ball forward, could take us up the pitch. And then you've got the impact of his injury really coming. He first started to be hampered by within 25, 30 minutes.
3: Yeah, I think after the first 10 minutes, we then had a couple of runs from him, really long bursting runs from him down the the left-hand side. And we finally got some possession um, in Rangers half. We were able to use the ball better. And I think... Uh, you're right about Miowski playing on the, the shoulder, but he was not just for his, his goal that was disallowed, but he was caught offside several times and sometimes he wasn't really on the shoulder. He was he was quite clearly offside, whereas Duke, I think, was probably having a bit more success about getting us up the park in, in that first period. Um, yeah, what you're saying about the injury was a strange one because I said to my son, That's, um, the coach has just spoken to Johnny Hayes, he's coming on for Duke, and that must have been about half an hour in. And then that didn't happen. And Duke was clearly suffering with a, an injury. And, you know, on a very, very heavy pitch like that, I think we pers- probably persevered with him a bit too long, given the, the, the impact that he would had in that first phase of the game. D- you know, he didn't really have that for the remainder of the time he was, on the, he was on the pitch. But I think that Duke has turned out to be a much better signing, a much better player than I had anticipated he was going to be. And part of that is because he is strong and fast and direct and he's also difficult to dispossess so he he is a player who gets us up the pitch Um, I think probably better M- Miofsky is is when he, we first signed him I thought he was going to be a player who would hold the ball up and be a sort of target man and actually he's not really that kind of player at all and and Duke's the one who does get us up the pitch better and I think um they, they, they work well as a pair and losing him or, or losing the impact that he had because of the, the injury did make a
1: did make a difference to us i mean i, d- I felt from day one it's meofsky's movement that is the thing that sets him apart from the the other players that we could possibly have got in that price bracket uh, i don't think he's a great finisher um he scored some very nice finishes don't get me wrong but he, you wouldn't call him a uh, a penalty box finisher just an instinctive finisher it, it's been about his movement even against st johnston for that chance, uh, he got very early on, which he scuffed um, when he was through. It was a great piece of movement, playing off the back of the defence and reacting to Clarkson's little flick on. That's why, you know, there was a lot of chat before the game on Sunday about who should start up front. Should it be Lopez? Should it be Miofsky? I thought it was vital, frankly, that Miofsky started. Take your point, Simon, that he was definitely caught offside a few times, a few times more. I think that's maybe the anxiousness and nervousness of the goalless run that he's been on for the past few weeks. But um, I, I, I think it, his performance, Martin, I think it justified his inclusion absolutely, didn't it?
2: Oh, it did, yeah. No, he's. We've said, when we've been doing this, we've said you know, he looks short, you know, he's short of confidence. All, you know, the classic cliche of all he needs is a goal. Um, just to kind of get himself, get himself moving again. But I thought he played really well. Yeah, he's going to get caught offside. You know, we're going to, if we're going to play that type of game where we're going to you no know, be, you no know, try and you no know, get flick-ons and you no know, break the break their back line, which you know we we know that you know Goldson isn't quick. We know they can, we know they can be exposed in that way. So you know, trying to trying to do that sort of thing, um, and it you no know, it you no know, like you say, Richard, it worked. We needed it to, to work one time. Um, to get the foot to get though for the first goal and and that's exactly what we managed to do. But I was still no, there was no there's no question really that you know he should be starting. Um you know you you want if you're gonna be playing, you know, I think you know having Duke you no know, helping him, you know, maybe assisting you know, running off of him is great. But he's the he's he's the man at the moment. Um you know he's clearly Goodwin Goodwin's got him here. He's he's wanting him to be you no know, his main man up front and so you, you, you go you go with him and you have you know you have Duke helping him, maybe if um you know only surmising but um maybe you know that I'm sure that they knew that um, Duke wasn't going to be able to last ninety minutes, so you, ha- you you have him on there with Majofsky just basically to say pretty much you know give me give him as long as you can, um, and I was really surprised that he lasted as long as he did. It was it was about an hour I think he came off came off and um and yeah like like Simon was saying there we you know. It was it was looking you no know, 30 minutes. It was looking like he was going to have to come off, and he was struggling, but he just you kept know, Duke. He just kept giving us though know, these runs, getting through, you know, getting through the men. Um, you know the pitch. What the pitch obviously didn't help him as well. You know he was getting the ball caught on his feet a few times with the pitch, but he was but he was doing well. And, he, and, and him and, him and Majofsky really worked worked well together for the hour that they were both on the pitch together.
1: The other part of the, the sort of uh, three-pronged main attackers, you've got Clarkson trying to connect a bit more with the midfield, Matty Kennedy. And um, it was his quick thinking that was really the heart of the goal that we scored that put us ahead in that first half. And um, there was confusion, pure confusion, John, wasn't there? And it's just really, really quick thinking by Matty Kennedy to just see the situation develop and take advantage like he did. And then great execution with a cross, although I'm not entirely convinced he wasn't trying to get it through to Lopez.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. I think uh, the for all that we've, we've seen guys fall out of favour, like you know we were talking about Bessoun and Modis earlier, I think uh, Matty Kennedy's obviously taken advantage of that to a certain extent and he's clearly... Become a firm favourite of Goodwin because uh, he's. Uh, I I think a lot of that's down to his energy, down to his work rate. I mean, he's him and Johnny Hayes are starting to re- ter- starting to resemble each other more and more in the way they play because they 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 both got that kind of industry with uh, with a wee bit of guile to go with it as well. But um, you know you know you're going to get a shift from them at the moment and. Uh, I think uh, Kennedy's he's he's a smart player as well. He's um, he he is good at finding space, and he, he does have a wee bit of trickery on him. And he's uh, I I think he's uh, he's proved himself to be a, a worthy inclusion in, in our sort of strongest eleven at the moment. So uh, and yeah, really quick thinking with the goal. Obviously, uh, you you could see that um, Miowski being in the offside position meant that it caused a wee bit of confusion, and it was just that moment momentary lapse that uh, allowed him to. Uh, to come through and um, put it across. So no, I, it, it looked like a very well-taken goal and uh, yeah, I think uh, Kennedy deserves a, a huge amount of credit for that.
1: So we are in a great position at half-time, Simon. We've got the goal that we wanted to have something to hold on to, I suppose, um, because for all the opposition had a lot of the ball, it felt like fairly similar to the cup games we won against them under Derek McInnes, and that they weren't really finding the, the penetrating final balls or being quite ponderous on it. I, I felt we were in a really good position at, at the break. Uh, Lady Optimism was making one of her um, ill-judged appearances. Now, you expect to be under pressure, obviously, in that situation. But I thought we didn't start that second half well. If 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 you have a criticism about the, the performance on Sunday, I think it has to focus on that how we came out to start the second half.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And th- there was a um, Jack had an opportunity, I think, about five or six minutes into the uh, second half, which he ballooned over the bar. But it was part of a pattern of moves that Rangers did repeatedly, which was to um, play a low pass between the lines into the uh, strikers who then laid it back to the edge of the penalty area for strike at goal, and and they did that several times. And uh, the first time, I'd say Jack was further out and put it well over the bar. And the second time, he got his he got his uh, shot away, and the, the deflection took it in. Um, you're right. I don't. I mean, after the um, the three two defeat at, at, at Christmas time, uh, we we'd I thought we'd learned our lesson from defending too deep, and we certainly weren't as bad as that in terms of getting pushed further and further back, but I think that we were probably too content to allow them to have possession of the ball and not really looking for, you know, our own opportunities and, and what we were going to, to do with it, we were allowing them to come on to us. The, their crowd was getting frustrated, I could hear lots of sort of groans of anguish coming from their end, because um, they weren't really making, whilst they had a lot of the ball, they weren't really making any um, any real opportunities. Until until Jack got his goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a degree of luck with the goal, but Martin, there's 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 elements there, isn't there, where we we need to be doing a bit better. It felt that that period was the one period where Shinny and uh, Ramadani were were outnumbered and um, struggling to to really get any parity on on the pitch.
2: Yeah, we I mean, were we weren't because we just seemed to we just seemed to drop really deep and we weren't. We weren't you no know, we weren't pressing them trying to get the get the ball off them we're just allowing them to have it and they were they were putting us under so much so much pressure and it's it's difficult because then you've got Ramadan and Shinny you know, they're you no know, they're running about obviously it's easier when you it's easier when you have the ball to make the ball do the running for you so they they were just you no know, finding passes spraying it about just basically trying to draw our, t- our players out of position. Um, and when we allowed allowed that to happen, you know, um, I'm not saying that you know you want to just go into them, you know, somewhere on the halfway line and just you know, snap one of them and stop the game, and, and try and reset. But we d- we didn't seem to do anything for that spell to to try and, and try and nullify them, and it's just we allowed them to have the ball and we allowed them to have it too long, and then you know it comes from it comes from that. You no, know, no, they, they could have been stopped. You know, the move that led to the goal. It could have been stopped probably three or four times at least um, and then you know something that we, you you know, everybody says you no know, you just you want to have a shot from shot from distance or in that in that type of pitch in that type of conditions when the ball pitch is going to be slippery and all that just you no know, just have a shot just have a go have a pop at goal and that's what he's done you know and he gets lucky he gets really really lucky nothing nothing Roos can do about it um, but it was brought on it was brought on by ourselves because we weren't in their we weren't in their faces enough we weren't for, further up the pitch where we should be because we we'd done that so well in the first half you know apart from maybe the first 10 minutes when they had the chance and they hit the post obviously but for the most for the most of the rest of the first half we were in their face we competed when we had the ball we did really well with it we kept control of it second half wasn't so much and then you no know, it takes maybe what was it? Fifteen minutes, um, and they get you no. Know, they get a, they get a lucky break, but the, the lucky break comes from the fact that we allowed them so much of the football.
1: How much of that do you think John was down to down to us and our inability to to do things properly? And how much? because I, I think there was probably a tweak from from Beal at halftime. I think he's he's told Jack to get further up the pitch. He's therefore connecting better with Tillman they're just getting overloads in the right areas at that point. And I, I, I think they continue with that dominance. And I think the thing that changes it as much as anything is the substitutions. One from either side, um, about 15 minutes from the end of uh, Tillman going off for them and uh, Bavin replacing Clarkson for us.
0: Yeah, I think uh, they, they clearly had a better spell uh, the other side of half time. I, uh, I think part of that as well is, is down to the i think it's only natural to to retreat a wee bit within yourself as you as you're saying there martin just because it's when you're you're protecting a leads i think that it's a natural instinct to play more conservatively and and to uh to back off a wee bit more than than uh than we were in the first half i mean uh so i i and i think it, it should be said that they they reacted well to the equalizer going in i think um you know how many how many times in the last uh, in the last couple of years have we seen Aberdeen teams crumple at the first sign of any kind of adversity? And yeah, I'm, I'm probably damning a wee bit by faint praise here, but, but the, the fact they didn't do that was quite telling.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't uh, concede two in injury time this time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, but uh I know. Yeah, when when you still come away with a defeat, but um the yeah I I I, I suppose. Ballon coming on probably probably had a part to play in that as well because we know he's got he's full of energy and he's 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 always uh, he's always ready to get into people's faces. The the only thing I thought with that change uh, coming as it did at that point in the match when there was only what fifteen minutes of normal time left, you you just feel that the only way that uh, or or the most likely way we were going to win that tie would have been in ninety minutes if you if you go to the extra half hour then you, you know you, I think we, we, we became more uh, more distant uh, or you know more distant second favorites even without the red card. So uh, I could see the logic maybe in um, in going for a more risky change and going for someone like Southern or Duncan coming on to try and open the game up a wee bit more but uh, but no I do agree that, that banning coming back on did uh, did obviously help the team sort of uh, recover the kind of mentality that they've been playing with for the first uh, for the first half.
1: I think that's interesting because as we got towards the end, I was I was feeling a bit more optimistic and, and honestly, looking at the two benches, they had quite a few kids on their bench. That's not to say that they're not fully paid as much as um, our first team was, but uh, you kind of felt that in terms of options off the bench, we were about as strong as we could possibly, possibly be in terms of uh, certainly people who we've paid decent money for and should be expecting something of a return. Not to say that they've necessarily followed through in that, but the thing that really tilts things and we can't get away without talking about it simon obviously as um anthony stewart's uh red card, just take me through the reasons why it was so 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 ridiculous
3: well i've i've watched it several times since and at the time i was certain he was going to be red carded the second it happened and it didn't take very long much more than that for the ref to take the red card out but i've watched a few more times and i don't honestly understand what he was thinking about because he got done by a piece of skill and and nutmegged by the outside of the foot. But if he had just stood up, he would have blocked the player with his body, obstructed him, probably knocked him off his feet, uh, taken a yellow card, and I'd have been quite happy with that. I agree that I don't particularly want in the, you know, we're in injury time in a cup final to have one of their players charging um clean into our into our box. So I've no issue with, you know, making a, a tactical foul. But to, to launch into that and send them spiralling up in the air like that was really, really naive, really stupid. Um, so I, I don't really have I I don't see any sort of mitigating factors for him at all, to be perfectly honest. Um, it was just a, a, a complete brainstorm. And, you know, at that time, you know, he knew that we were heading for extra time. Everyone needs to be on the pitch. You know, I was... There had been a spell of having, you know, with, there hadn't been many bookings in the game to begin with, and then suddenly there were one or two. There were one or two players looking a bit rattled. Um, McCrory got booked for a bad tackle. Ramadani was looking uh, upset and uh, from time to time. And it just needed calm head. And so for the captain to go and do something stupid like that, absolute, absolute madness. i I say I, I, I don't get what he was trying to do.
1: Yeah, and Martin is a captaincy factor, which has annoyed a lot of people. And I think the more most bewildering thing for me is we've seen no evidence of him being that kind of player to this point this season at all. I can't remember a forceful challenge from him at all in any other game. And we, we get that in a um, not danger-free part of the pitch, as Simon rightly says. You know, there was an opportunity for Zagala to, to break into the box and be one-on-one with scales. And it's so frustrating because I think up to that point, uh, and certainly Liam Scales had his, I am definitely going to call Liam Scales John Scales at least once during the course of the season, by the way. I'm just preparing you for that fact. Um, but until that point, I thought Anthony Stewart had one of his best games in an Aberdeen shirt. And Liam Scales definitely ended up having his best game in an Aberdeen shirt. So it's, it's so frustrating that you just have this total brain fart.
2: No, I, I would totally agree with you there as well. No, I thought you, I thought they both did have, did have good games. Uh, but you know, I, I, just like 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 Simon has said there. You know, you just, you just block him. You know, you just you run out to him, you stop, you block him. You know, if you give away the free kick, you give away the free kick. What does that allow you to do? It allows you to get everybody back into position and reset. And then they're going to either take a set piece and whip one into the box, or they're going to try and you know play across the box, and you can come out and block them. Uh, but to just have this sort uh, of red mist, crazy moment where you just start, you steam out, and you know, just there was, he didn't break stride. Um, that's the that's the thing when you look back at, it, he wasn't breaking stride. He was, he was, he was after the man and the ball, um, and he didn't get any of the ball. Um, and it does, it just, you know, it's he's, you know, a, a phrase I'm not fond of using is that he isn't that type of player. Uh, but as you say, he's he's shown nothing this season that he that, that he's one of these really reckless you know type you know, tacklers who will go and do crazy things like that. You know the sending off he had in the other game um, was just that he got caught. You know that it, there was no malice in it. It wasn't a nasty thing. You know he's he's not had anything this season where you'd say he's been late in challenges. So that's a that's something else that comes from you know, that, that makes it even worse that you know. You've got the guy who's the captain. We're now going to be missing him for, you know, missing him for a couple of games. I think it'll be, um, and, you know, we've, we're we're short in that position anyway, um, and we've now, we've now it's now something we've got to work around. Um, you know, there's other incidents in the game that you know we, we are we can rightly be upset about um, some of the other tackles in the game, um, but it doesn't change the fact that with five minutes to go in what you want to call regulation time. You know, our captain goes and does something absolutely just idiotic and, you know, and puts us in a, in, in a an awkward position.
1: John, can we expand on the captaincy thing a little bit? I mean, I'm on record as, as saying on here, at least once a season, that I don't think the captaincy per se really matters. Um, as long as you've got leaders in different parts of the pitch, it, it shouldn't really matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think it mattered that our captain did that as opposed to just anybody doing that yeah
0: yeah i mean it, it's not a good look for the captain especially given uh, you know uh, obviously yeah uh, as you touched on martin a different a different kind of uh, set of circumstances but the fact that it's his second straight red this season is uh, is disappointing and but I, I agree with you in the in the broad principle that it's not um <clears throat> i'm not sure what Changing the captain at this stage of the season really does, in that sense. Graeme Shinney, if you gave him the armband tomorrow or yesterday, it's not going to change how he plays. It's not going to change how he behaves. I imagine. I I think uh, broadly speaking, it's 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 not it's not really necessary. But um, I think being a captain does come with extra responsibility, and you should you should have uh, enough about you to know that 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 um, flying into a tackle. At that stage in a in a game in a very important game at a very important point in it is uh, is 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 certainly not leading by example. Whatever it is, I don't know if uh, there was an element of sort of mental fatigue at that stage because it had been such a you know such a a tough shift for for him in scales and you know with a heavy pitch and all that like i mean if, if i'm thinking of ways of trying to explain away what happened but uh <laughs> yeah i i don't think there's any way you can uh you can defend it really and i'm sure he'd have been very disappointed with it when he looks back at it um but uh at the same time i am yeah also of that belief that uh I I don't know what changing it changing the captain at this stage really does. Um, I think it's maybe something you you analyse further down the line, because he's going to be out of the team for a few games. Uh, it, it gives it gives Goodwin a ready made excuse if he does want to make a change, but um, I I I don't see it happening either. Um, the the
1: internet has. The internet is always awash with what about away, but particularly from a lot of Aberdeen fans. Simon, since uh, since Sunday, challenges by Barasic on Kennedy, Ryan Kent on Liam Scales. Uh, do we think we were fairly treated over the course of Sunday?
3: Well, I, as a, a starting point, I don't think anyone's complaining about Stuart's red card. So we're then just looking at whether the Rangers' ones, the instance for them, should have uh, evened things up. Um, the Barasic one on Kennedy. I didn't think it was a red card, and I've seen it again. I still don't think it's a red card. It it's it's arguable because it's a transition situation where we have won the ball back, and Kennedy is transitioning into attack. And there was, I think, a sort of one of these FIFA um uh, tablets from the mount that said that if you fouled a player in that situation, then you would get a yellow card, even if it was just a tactical foul, if you like. And in this one, Banasic could have done a tactical foul, but in fact, he jumps in and sort of hacks him down from, from behind. I, I didn't think the Banasic tackle was any worse than the one that McCrory got booked for, which was a late hack as well. So, I I mean, it it, it is arguable. You know, he jumps in a little bit, he, he hacks him down, but it's not, you know, he's not out of control. It's not dangerous. Um, So I, I thought that one probably... Uh, strong yellow was just about right. The Kent one is different because it is a punch in the face or it appears to be and I think the the whole farcical situation with VAR when it happened to be down at that time was very very fortunate um for him because I think to to my mind I think if you strike a player in the face uh which is what happened there uh deliberately then then that's a clear a clear red. So so to my mind we were unlucky that, that that wasn't evened up and I think Kent should have been sent off.
1: Listen, if there's someone I'm going to uh, look to to go knee-jerk for me, someone I'm going to look to to start ranting, um, Martin, let's uh, let's try the interesting thought yeah. experiment of how you think that uh, the Stewart challenge would have uh, been seen if it had happened at the other end of the pitch, if it had been Goldson doing that, for example.
2: Well, if, Golds, if Goldson had done that in exactly the same position, but um, at our end, right in front of us, um, oh, I think it would have been a strong yellow
1: there we go that's a clip that they'll be cutting and putting on their follow follow podcast or whatever it is so we have the red side has to reorganise Ross McCrory moves into centre back no defensive changes no defensive subs rather after the red your only option really is Jaden Richardson anyway such as your lack of centre halves and we see John um, Kennedy forced to write back and really get burned by Scott Wright for the for the winning goal. Uh, this perhaps is a little bit wise after the event. It, it felt like the manager prioritised experience and presence um, with his subs and with his personnel on the pitch when we went down to ten men. Um, Maybe hard to argue that anyone else on the bench would have made a realistic difference, but. There was maybe some energy that could have been injected into the side.
0: Yeah, per- perhaps. Uh, I I don't think if you did if you did on a straw poll of the fourteen thousand Aberdeen fans there at the time that you'd have had many people arguing for that change. Um, I, I think Kennedy, day obviously he'd already, he'd already put in a great shift. He was he was in the zone so to speak. I I, I don't think. Uh, I I certainly didn't have a problem with with uh, putting him in at right back. And bear in mind, you know, chances are you're you're gonna have to find another goal from somewhere, even before, uh, the the second went in. Uh, the the you know, it's 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 a long half hour with heavy legs. The chances are we're gonna need a goal from somewhere. So. I don't think uh, I don't think it's um, putting Kennedy in that in that deeper position and, and giving him a chance to to uh, to make runs from deep um, was is not a bad idea. We know he's capable of it. Okay, yeah, like you say, he is caught a wee bit short for the for the winner, but um, I don't think uh, I, I don't think it was uh, a decision that um, many would have argued with at the time. You could maybe argue with uh, after the event. But you know Richardson has his difficulties defensively this season as well, so I don't think it's necessarily it necessarily would have solved that problem. So um, I, I I didn't I certainly didn't have a problem with
1: it. Simon, I recall after the twenty seventeen Cup final, you know, obviously absolutely heartbroken at how that had ended, but feeling you know genuine pride at how the team had done and how we performed that day, and properly going toe to toe with. You know, it's been one of the best domestic teams that we've seen in this country, to be honest with you. I didn't quite feel that same way on Sunday. It did feel like a bit of an opportunity squandered for as much as you have to appreciate the tremendous effort that was put in.
3: Yes, I mean, I, that's the point I was going to make there was that for the, the 10 guys that were left on the field and had to go through the whole 120 minutes, well, obviously some of them were subs, but you know, many of them had played a long way through the game and the fact that we were actually still able to make, have a couple of decent attempts at goal, you know, we were still making chances at the end. I think there was an opportunity to be, you know, there was a feeling of pride about about that and I think very, very hard to be, you know, in any way critical of the of the players who couldn't really have done any more than that. I, I The point you make is a good one though, which is, you know, frankly, our, the team that we had in the 2017 Cup final, I know it's quite a bit better than the one we've got now and the team that Celtic had in the that Cup final is infinitely better than the current Rangers team. So you're right. I mean, the, the, the danger is that um, Rangers, there's a huge financial gulf and frankly, they haven't used their money terribly well. So they have a team which is not that much better than ours, even though they have a huge amount of additional resource. And so if you do get an opportunity like that ahead at half time. Level in the ninetieth minute, then it is really disappointing if you if you you, you know if you don't convert that. So it, it, there is uh, you know it's not a hard luck story in quite the same way as that that cup final was. Equally, I, I did feel that it was maybe there's an opportunity for this to be a sort of turning point for Goodwin and his relationship with the the fans because I do think that there did feel like a decent amount of goodwill towards him and that. You know, the point there that, that was being made that, you know, probably even if he didn't get the subs right, there wasn't overly, you know, an awful lot of criticism for him for that. He was making broadly sensible decisions. The team was set up well. The tactics were good. I read a, a, a tweet from one of your favourite journalists, the golf correspondent of The Guardian, uh, a few months ago when uh, when Hearts got thrashed in, uh, in Florence. And he said that was a turning point in their relationship with fans, even though they got hammered, because um, the fans and the the team bonded on that occasion. And they went on the run that they've been on since after that. And so if I'm taking any positives from it, it was, you know, we have a good uh, range of attacking options. We haven't got the defence right at all, but Jim thinks he can fix it or he thought he could within Few days of getting into the job, and the and the fans. I think it's the easy part, and um, the and the fans seem to be behind him. And so when I think about even with the bad run that we've had, compared to the feeling that we had at um, Motherwell last year, when when we lost and Glass was was sacked, that you know that was a really really low ebb. But I think that we, I feel in a much Better position now, and I think there's really opportunity for for Goodwin to reboot his relationship with the fans and, and kick on from here. So that's the positive that I'm taking from this.
1: Oh man, I thought we'd go through a whole show without referencing his uh, the defence is easy to fix. Uh, <laughs> but, but but no, no, not to be on this occasion. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> Martin, you've had a, you've had a few days to to chew over, to digest it. Um, what's your what are your key takeaways?
2: I mean it's all, it still hurts it's a massive it is a massive missed opportunity um you know I've uh, I've said, I've said well, we've spoken about them for the past couple of seasons um I, I don't think they're a very good side um, we you know we're, we're we're not where we where we were you know we've we've been on a poor run okay we've got the win against St Johnston but you know, this is the this is the kind of the chance this is the chance to get at them um, and you know, we did it. We did in the first half, uh, and that's what—that's where the real disappointment, that's where the deflation and you know that that crushing, crushing disappointment comes from, is that they are. You know, there's 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 here's the other clip that they you know the whoever it's called podcast can clip can clip and those to use to slag me off. Oh, this like they, are, they, they are they are they are be, beat. They are so beatable. They are not a good side. They have they have they have two or three pr- quite good players in there. But you know, if you if you go through that starting eleven for, that they had on Sunday, there are some absolute fucking donkeys in it, and you know, and that's it's devastating that we didn't manage to get to get something and, and get knock them out even, um, because you look at you no know, their that entire defense, you know, you know Goldson's te- Goldson's terrible, Tavernier's finished, their goalie's washed up, and we, we did and we and to, to not manage to. To expose that, where then I mean, you look at you look at the guys like Tillman's a good player, you know they've got you know let's not say, let's not know let's not say anything too um, slanderous about Morelos, but you know come on, um, and it's just you know they aren't they aren't a good side. Um and you know this is why you know Celtic are Celtic are cut coasting into the league title because they're not being challenged by them, uh, and I've said I said I said a few weeks ago but in the preview to the game I think it was Richard. So the week we should be looking to capitalise on that, we're probably not going to capitalise in the way that I want, which is catching them in the league. But in games like Sunday, we really, really should be doing everything we can to to give them a bloody nose and you know get ourselves into final. And we and we didn't do that, and that's really what hurts us so much.
1: Well, uh, we've got somewhat more frustrating matters in the league. Uh, currently sitting fifth, um, but if we are going to finish, where... We want to finish, uh, at least, uh, and presumably where the chairman expects us to finish, i.e. third, um, Wednesday night. It is a big game. It usually is quite a big game when Hearts play Aberdeen, but um, with Hearts six points clear already, they are obviously rested from not having played at the weekend. We went 120 minutes. Um, We have got quite a number of injury doubts. Uh, John... We know that Anthony Stewart is obviously out suspended. Um, this is surely where that big squad of ours needs to earn their keep.
3: A little bit
0: foreboding the the way that the narrative is already shaping up as uh, uh, the, this Aberdeen team is um, going to be struggling with fatigue already and that uh, with 120 minutes in the leg, it's going to be a real uphill struggle uh, on Wednesday you'd like to think there are uh, enough options certainly um you know in other areas of the park to uh to be able to put out a decent side that that should be able to to give hearts a good game and get a result at time castle um albeit it's not a place that we we often fear that well and uh so i i it's clearly a very important game i don't think it's i don't think it's um losing its game over uh i think uh Given the nature of the league, teams drop points all the time. But what I would say is that uh, this is around the time that that Hearts uh, began to stretch their legs last last year, uh, and and pull away from the kind of uh, pack in the mid, in the in mid table. So I think uh, from an Aberdeen point of view, it's um, it is imperative that the uh, the the elastic doesn't stretch so far that it snaps over the next few weeks, um, uh, and that that obviously begins with uh, with the game at Tynecastle tomorrow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I feel this is a side, uh, much like Jack Ross's Hibbs team, Simon, that seems to have almost followed the uh, Derek McInnes blueprint in a way, because they're a side who managed to edge wins and pick up useful points away from home, um, even sometimes when they're second best. I think the recent double header they had with St Mirren is a good example of that. I think, you know, on the basis of the the passage of those games they, they might have been fortunate to pick up one maybe two points and but they come away with a, a win at cast on a draw away from home um they've obviously got got into a very good habit of winning games that's a that, that's a great habit to get into one ideally I'd like us to get back to uh, one obviously nurtured uh, during their most recent of their many 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 excursions down to the championships um now they still have some lingering injury issues, so better than when we faced them earlier in the season. But you feel this is this is a side who are flawed, gettable, um, even at, even at the best of times. Um, do you feel that the Aberdeen manager and the Aberdeen squad believes that they can actually go down and win though?
3: Well. I think we need to have the same approach that we had at least after the first 10 minutes on uh, on Sunday. Because I think if we go there and try and sit in and, and allow them to come on to us, then we're taking a terrible risk. I I don't think that they are any better in terms of their squad. There's quite a number of players that get a regular game for them that we would absolutely turn up our noses at. I mean, Andy Halliday is a regular in their team, for example. and I don't think any of us would be screaming for Jim to bring him into the squad, for example. They signed Robert Snodgrass, who's, who's actually doing reasonably well. Um, but again, I don't think that's a signing that we would have been terribly excited about um, at the time. So I I don't think, you know, they are edging games 1-0 and, and, and the like. And I think part of the reason for that is, first of all, um, until his injury recently, they had the best goalkeeper. Um, so they were always likely to get clean sheets. And secondly, they have Shankland and Mackay, who are able to, um, provide, um, you know, unlock defences in games where where it's, it's pretty tight. And those are the guys that make, make the difference. And again, Shankland was somebody I never thought was any use at all when he was with us. I appreciate he's an older, more experienced player, has had good transfers and is doing quite well this season. But again, you know, would I swap him for Duke or Miofsky? Absolutely not. So when I'm looking at our squad, I don't think we should be going down there and thinking, "Gosh, they're they're a tremendous team and they're they're much better." What what Hearts teams always do, whether it's um, Robbie Nielsen or Craig Levine or whoever, they are big, physical, difficult to play against. So you know, it's not going to be glorious, creative football or anything like that. They get the ball forward quickly and they're they're aggressive, and we're going to have to be. Equally aggressive and competitive, and, and match that. But beyond that, I don't think we. You know, I'm I'm not frightened about us going to to tank us, so I fully expect us to get a result. Not that says saying we'll win, but I, I don't expect us to lose.
1: Positive positivity. Our usual yeah. source for positivity is Martin. Um, John said earlier he didn't think it was game over if we lose. Uh, do you share share that belief?
2: I, I do. Um, because basically you know, Pretty much echoing what John and 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 Simon have said there. It's like no, they've been, they've been kind of scraping, scraping through games. They've been getting wins. They've been ju- they've just been getting over the line, and, you know, they they aren't a very they aren't a very good side, but they've been doing enough. They've been doing what we used to do, uh, you know, where they've been able to get these, just find the results.
1: Yeah, and I think the comparison as well is that from the outside. That Aberdeen team under Derek McInnes probably didn't look very flashy, very exciting, but we probably roughly knew what we had, we, and yeah. you know we we, we accepted its flaws and all. And I'm sure the Hearts fans also about this team um, are very happy with the with the well, outcomes and certainly in terms of league position.
2: Of course, of, of course they are. I mean, no, as as you said, though, no, they've. They've, they've they've very recently just been down in the championship, so of course they'll be happy with that. You know, because it is about winning games. You know, last season they had the promotion bounce. You know, they're doing well. They've obviously got a little bit of money to spend because they've they had the European games this season. But they have they have had injuries um, to to what some of their better players. Obviously, Halkett being out. You know, the, the Craig Gordon is by far their best goalkeeper. Xander Clark has got more than a mistake in him. Um, it remains to be seen if, though know, I think they've made a couple of signings on loan. I think they've got some lad from Newcastle um, in as well. Um, it remains to be seen how, you know, how good these guys are if they're able to handle, um, handle the the rigours of the, Scot- the the Scottish League. You know, it's we've seen many people come up from, from from you know the English League One, League Two, Championship, wherever, um, and struggle up here. Um, so that that remains to be seen if they can if they can actually keep that going um i i think that you know yet yeah, last season they managed to, they managed to keep it going all season i think it'll be a lot harder for them this season i think that you know, they'll, they'll they'll start to falter i mean ov- obviously i want us to win and i want us to close the gap but I'm, I'm i'm not i'm not ready to just throw it all away if we if we somehow lose lose tomorrow um cuz i don't think that i don't think 9 points at this stage, is is you no know, is the end. Um, it's you no. Know, it is a bit. It is a big gap, and obviously, you know, you're gonna you you're gonna have to try and close it somehow. But everybody's capable of beating everybody um, from third right down to the bottom of the league. Um, so,
1: if well, we, if, if I subscribe we lose... to that, Martin. Absolutely, I subscribe to that fact. And John, I absolutely take the point that teams are dropping points left, right, and centre. However, perhaps what I'm not quite certain about. Is our ability to put together a run of <laughs> games, including winning away from home.
2: Well, Mar- oh, that's, yeah. fair, that's that's fair enough, and I know I, I I know that's completely fair enough, and I could t- I take that on board. Um, but I you know, just think that you know, even you know, we've obviously spoken about how we're going to have some we've got to have some potential injury problems. We don't know uh, we don't know what the side's going to look like tomorrow because the manager hasn't said you know who's in who's out if anybody. If any of the guys that went off are actually, you know, properly injured, um, and um, I think I saw, I think I saw Johnny Hayes, um, you know, talking on the news earlier about you no, know, because obviously he rolled his ankle because there was a hole at the side of the pitch, amazingly, um, so but th- he says he's okay, so that's one good thing at least, um, but I think that, you know, hearts, heart, I do think hearts will, will falter, and it just that's becomes, you know, we just have to have. You have to believe. You have to have faith. You know, you, you've asked me for positivity. I'm giving you positivity. Preach that think, it, brother. Preach it. That, that I think we're that, that we are able to put a run together. Um, and you know, there are there are there are winnable there are winnable games coming up, um, coming up for us. You know, we we've had, we've had a, we've had a disappointing run. Okay, we beat St Johnston, but we had that we had a disappointing run post World Cup. Um, this is this is a time now. To start putting a decent run, decent run together. Um, and hearts are so catchable. There's, there's none. You look at the other teams in the league, and none of them are special. I, I, I admit and I concede that we aren't exactly special either. But I think that we've got enough in us. As Simon was saying, you look at their squad. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take Shankland over, any of our strikers. Um, you know because you know his his stats are very, very well padded with penalties. Um, you no know, I, 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 I don't think there's many of, their, many of their team I would take ahead of any of ours.
1: All right. Well, talking about tank Castle, uh, tank Castle is the scene for our latest Northern Light moment. So let's go back to April the 29th, 1995. A uh, chastening season. is looking as if it's going to come to an unthinkable end. As Aberdeen bottomed the 10-team Premier League with three games remaining. Now, not just bottom. They're four points adrift in bottom. Spot following a midweek defeat at Fir Park coupled with Dundee United's win at Fire Hill against Partick Thistle. Opposition fans and, of course, the West Coast press licking their lips at the scale of the indignation and humiliation that was surely about to befall AFC in the coming weeks. Payback of sort for the apple cart upsetting years of the 80s, wasn't it? Roy Aiken's appointment as caretaker manager had produced the dead cat bounce of a victory over the United Funk Rangers. Before the catastrophe of Stennis a week later. Five points from this eight subsequent league games seemed to have pretty much sealed our fate. We needed snookers. But Hearts, well, Hearts were fairly forgiving opponents. They still weren't clear of relegation worries themselves, and the previous three league meetings with them that season had seen Aberdeen secure two wins, two of what had just been seven league wins in total up to that point. It was too seriously out of form and seriously underperforming teams that met at Tencastle that day. The grind at that point had seen the first redevelopment it had had in about 50 years, in that they'd bolted plastic seats onto the away terrace at the gorgie end. Didn't make any difference, everyone in that away end just stood all game anyway. But it was nothing like the kind of enclosed bear pit it is now. A low quality first half came and went, with very little to write about. An hour is gone and still there's not much to write about. But Duncan Shearer is lining up one of his typically optimistic efforts from the edge of the penalty box when he's bundled over by a careless challenge from behind. Penalty. Billy Dodds, not having a brilliant first season at Pataudry, steps up in front of the visiting support and rolls it calmly past Henry Smith. 1-0 up and a lifeline. But this side, well, it didn't get to where it was by confidently holding on to leads. Within three minutes, uh, suspiciously offside-looking Dave McPherson, heads a leveller, and we're back in the shit. We don't really look like scoring again. Until, as you know, we gloriously, euphorically do. Brian Grant has given far too much time and space down the wing, Billy Dodds isn't favourite for the cross when it leaves Brian's foot but his darting run across static centre-halves well, I did say Dave McPherson was playing earlier, didn't I? That got him there and the steered header gave Henry Smith no chance. It would have given a proper goalkeeper no chance either. The bounce in the away end at that moment on that day is the one that all other Don's bounces should be measured against. It's the Krakatoa it's the bounce heard aground the world. Seismic. And within minutes, the vibrations have been felt in Dundee. As they lose a late goat home to Hibbs. the gap has gone from four points to one point in the space of minutes. Another aftershock eruption in the away end when news of that Hibbs goal breaks. Now, United, as we know, are at Petaudry the following week. That's another story for another week, for another episode of this. But I felt strangely, serenely confident ahead of that game. And it's all down to what had happened at Tencastle when I was anything but. We bounce out the stadium as one. Bouncing into the heart supporters on Gorgie Road fretting about their size future. Bounce onto cars. Bounce onto buses heading back to the north Or bounce into the bars of Edinburgh. The bouncing doesn't stop for some time. This feature is going to cover... Some of the dawn's greatest glories, greatest matches. But that afternoon at Tynecastle, it felt as important as any cup lift I've seen, been lucky enough to see at Hampden. And the bond, every one of a ever red persuasion felt that day, much, much stronger. That Dodds winner didn't just propel us to safety. Really, it won us the League Cup the following season two. Now that's a bounce. So our fourth Northern Light moment, the celebration Following Billy Dodds as winner at Tang Castle on the 29th of April 1995. Uh, Simon, I, I, I suspect you were also in amongst that uh, th- uh, throng of humanity in the away end that day, yeah?
3: I was, yes, absolutely remember it well. Um, remember, the, I remember a lot about that. It was in the the um, the, the uncovered end and. Uh, it was a very loud and boozy Aberdeen support that was there uh, that day. A lot of people in the ground very early. I remember that as well. Um, the uh, And weirdly, the 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 blue and gold kit, which I think uh, uh, why we didn't have the red and they in they white, because it seemed to be a, a kit clash, as a, or my memory is that there was a bit of a, a kit clash in, in the game as well. But uh, yeah, the, the uh, well, you probably don't want to get straight to the the winning gold, but uh, a defeat that day would, I think, have definitively put us down. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's was a lot to yeah, play for. Yeah, if, if
1: the Dundee United result, Dundee United-Hibs game had um, had ended differently, it could well have done. We could have gone down that day, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, with five minutes to go, both games are drawn, and that prospect is still very much on the table. So, it was that close. It really was that close. And uh, it, obviously, it was drunken. I mean, it's usually drunken, and Aberdeen away support on a Saturday afternoon. But this felt like uh, drinking at a wake suppose uh, as much as anything if we were going to go down we were going to go down um drunken um so yeah just uh, just one of the more memorable games and what was a memorable run and we spoke about that unity at the full-time whistle on sunday um and i suppose that also got me thinking about that run because that's one of the few times where even when things haven't been great there has been that unity amongst the support and the team and everybody has felt like they're pulling in the same direction I mean, you know, it never lasts within a couple of weeks, couple of months, everyone's thinking everybody else is a wanker but I think those moments are, are pretty special and, and to be cherished and I don't think anyone that was around the club and around those games at that time was ever likely to forget them and that one at Tynecastle was uh, particularly knife edge maybe it doesn't compare to the week after it at Pataudry uh, which is just a uh, a sensational afternoon for them, beginning to very very wee hours of sunday morning um but uh, but yeah that afternoon at has castle critical importance and Billy dodds finally 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 coming good that season well,
3: well that's what i was going to say he he had missed crucial chances throughout the whole season i remember a sitter at home to hearts i remember a sitter at home to falkirk absolute open goals and then finally getting the two goals and then I remember him jumping after scoring the second goal, jumping onto the fence and and shaking it. And uh, a second booking would have been him sent off, and, and he didn't get it for some reason. So, um, but yeah, yeah that's, that's right. I have lots that's of memories right. of that day. So,
1: well, um, we'll we'll take just a, a fraction of that um, on Wednesday night uh, this week. So, to the Darvel Cup tie, the rarity of seeing Aberdeen up against non-league opponents. 1971 was the last time that happened for the Dons. Every other league team in Scotland has played a non-league opponent within the last five years. Aberdeen have had to wait 52 years uh, before being able to meet one. And uh, we have a trip to Recreation Park. And deepest, darkest, Ayrshire. First off, John, um, Darville have spent a lot of money, put a lot of time and effort into bringing Recreation Park up to scratch, not just for the travelling supporters, but and this might be worth commenting on, some of the things that have happened, but for the visiting media as well. Um, is it right that they get the option to play the game there?
0: In a word, yes, I think so. Um, uh, now... Maybe my tune would be a wee bit different if uh, if I was actually going on on Monday night and I uh, ended up in Ayrshire with my view obscured. It'll be something that uh, I think will be um, will be will be a good occasion. And uh, I think if you're a club of that size, you have every right to to play at your own grounds. Uh, so no, I I certainly don't have a problem with them doing it. Uh, I, I appreciate it. it's been a bit of a fankle in the build up, and it's it's obviously. Um, Caused a wee bit of a headache, uh, in terms of ticketing and such like. But uh, I think uh, part of the point of the Scottish Cup is, is is for for these kind of occasions to happen. Now, I, I may well be uh, less uh, conciliatory if if we end up getting dumped out of the cup by them. But uh, my view at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, equally, I'm okay, Jack. I'm six foot five. I'd be able to see whatever. Uh, and Simon, I think it has to be said that. Uh, some people moaning about stuff, which is just the case at most lower league grounds. I mean, most lower league grounds don't necessarily have the steep terracing, particularly in like the bottom tier. in for example, earlier this season was not a good view from the away end. People might have been able to be safely... Um, safely in that stadium but they, they didn't get a great view of the far end of the pitch just because there was no elevation so at least at uh, Darville you are getting that, my gripe with um, with the situation and the setup there is that um, they, they've erected a TV gantry behind the goal which is going to actually mean that people standing on the terrace are going to have a hugely impacted view of the near goal because of this TV gantry so it's prioritising the people watching at home on TV rather than the people paying good money to be there
3: Yes, I think you. Know, I, I've i been to games. So I remember a game at, at Aloha Recreation Park there and they, they had a very shallow if there was any uh, elevation stand behind the goal as as well. And I remember Aberdeen fans watching a game in absolutely terrible weather uh, there with no no roof or anything and it was difficult to see. But so, you know, part of that, I dare say, is kind of the, the magic of the cup. However, um, you know, there are people who will travel from Aberdeen and back, will get home to Aberdeen Goddess knows as long as it to take to get back from Darville to go all the way there. And uh, be having stand behind a TV gantry and not be able to see anything at all, I think is is um, is pure. And to be honest, what I think they ought to do is is basically seal off an area. If there are areas behind the TV gantry where you simply can't see at all, then that needs to be roped off, and and they can't sell tickets for that area. I mean, I think stating the obvious, but you should only have tickets for areas where you can actually see the pitch, or at least have a chance to 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 see the pitch. Um, but in principle, you know they've, they've 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 complied with the rules of the Scottish Cup. They've got as far as here. They've drawn us. If they choose to play the game at home, that I suspect that there are financial repercussions, or or they could have probably um, rented a, a stadium elsewhere in in Ayrshire and 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 got a bigger crowd and got everyone in. They have chose not to do that. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But I do think if I was a fan coming down and not able to see, having come all the way from. Aberdeen would
1: be pretty cheesed off. Yeah, Martin, it's um, absolutely the way it should be. Small team, drawn at home, they play at home, um, rather than taking it to Kilmarnock, where it just would have been flat. I think the Monday night, obviously, is taking a little bit out of it. Um, I think because of that, you know, I think the tickets, we, we've we probably come close to selling out eventually. Certainly, they weren't flying out the door today, as I saw um, I should point out with regards to the TV gantries that, that that appears to have been the BBC's doing as opposed to the to the clubs doing. Um, I don't know how much say they would have had in that, but um, it's still, uh, to me, that's the, that is the disappointing aspect as opposed to um, anything which, about the ground itself, which is just the ground. You know, you have to accept these things at a lower level of football. It's not going to be um, your nice padded seat like I get at Photodri. Uh, about the game itself, if we can, Martin, again, obviously they're a side that's used to winning most weeks. I just wonder if that might actually influence the way they try and set up against us. If they've got that confidence normally, might they be a little bit more on the front foot than uh, they might be otherwise?
2: Potentially, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think any of us are going to pretend to have seen any, any of darville or much of darville this season out with um, maybe, you know, 25 seconds of Scottish Cup highlights, um, but no, you never know. I mean, like I say, you're, you say, like you say, they're used to winning games, so there may there may be a bit more. You no, know, there may be i I'm not saying I'm not going to be gung ho, but there may be a bit more open, a bit more tacky, They might want to try play football, um, so that, that will be interesting. I mean, you know, this is you no, know, this has been picked for television because let's be honest, though, this is the they're looking for a cup shock. This is the, this is what the, the, the romance of the cup is all about. Um, you know, a, a team like Aberdeen with our, you know, much storied history, you know, we've not, but we've not won the cup for a long time, uh, against, you know, the I think lowest, the lowest ranked team left in the cup away at, you know, a very small, awkward ground. Um, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is exactly like, say, this is the romance, this is the magic of the cup. Um, I suppose you could say on the stadium thing that, you know, we, we can't complain that we don't get to go to these places, um, you know, and saying like, like you say, it's 1971, you know, we, we can't complain that we don't get to go to these, you know, fun wee, you know, fun wee grounds, and then when we get one. Um, you know, some folk have some folk have complained about the facilities and things like that. You're absolutely right to moan about the TV gun, But no, they've spent a heap of they've spent a heap of money getting this up to up to standard. Um and so, like you say, you know, if you're six foot four like you, Richard, um, you know, you'll be fine. I mean all that does mean, of course, Richard, is that the six rain, five, gets, excuse Six me. five. Apologies. All that does mean, of course, is you being six five is the rain gets to your shiny bald pate first.
1: Um Surely, 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 John, we're not going to be on this podcast next week having the mother of all postmortems. I'm going to stick
0: my neck on the line here and I'm going to say that Aberdeen will be in the hat for the next round of the Scottish <laughs> Cup. However, however, oh, I'm fully foreseeing at least one moment, one hairy moment where you kind of think, it's not going to happen, is it? There'll be there'll be a nervy moment. It you know the 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 heart rate will increase by a few beats per minute. I imagine at some stage, but uh, it would be it would be quite the story. Let's say if if Aberdeen did did not get through this tie.
1: Well, I mean we've got recent evidence that uh, we can definitely cause ourselves a few problems, uh, Simon. I mean that in game again took us extra time to finally get the better of them, and if we would put that display in against a uh, a slightly more streetwise uh, for, uh, championship team. You know, if that had been, for example, eight Rovers away, uh, certainly John McLean's Wraith overs away, I think you were looking at another early cup exit with that performance. So we have we have a stinker performance in us, don't we?
3: No, absolutely. And um, and and you know, the, the old days of winning ties like this uh, seven eight nil, I, I think are over. I remember Celtic playing East Bride a few years back and and only winning two nil with two very late goals. So, you know, I, I I don't think this will be champagne stuff. I don't think we'll win four or five nil. I, I expect us to be, you know, to be solid and professional, try and get ahead in the first half so it's not, we don't have what we ended up with at, at, at Annan, where, you know, if you're only one goal ahead and uh, and that's come late, then, you know, they get confident, come up for a corner and get a goal and suddenly it, it does become uh, frightening. But I, I don't think that will happen. But I don't think, I I, I think it'll be, Terrible entertainment to be perfectly honest. I think it'll be, uh, it'll be a really, really poor game, and we'll win one or two nil, and that'll You're be You're really selling this to a TV
1: audience uh, next week, aren't you? Um, I, I,
3: I think no neutrals will watch that. Um, <laughs>
1: I think uh, you underestimate the capacity for some people's uh, necessity to watch any TV that's on TV, any football that's on TV. Not any TV that's on TV, because mm-hmm. that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, making very little sense with me tonight was uh, Mr. Martin Cleaness. Martin, thank you as ever.
2: Thank you, Richard.
1: Um, and helping bring us into the uh, region of sanity was uh, where Simon Cato. Thanks, Simon. Thanks very much. And uh, John Cowan. John, thank, thank you. you. Thank Excellent. you. Excellent. So. Always. That was our podcast um, after a, another emotionally fraught uh, visit to Hamden um, and another tough defeat to take. But, yeah, maybe a, a moment where a bit of unity uh, provides a spark to the rest of the season. Yes, hoping. Till next time, come on you guys.